We'd like to thank our friends at PwC for their support, partnership, and collaboration in making Retail Gets Real. Learn more about how PwC helps retailers at pwc.com. We're entering a phase where I think about the uberfication of retail, whereas we rethinking retail as a service and how can material objects work for me and how can I approach life more flexibly as well? And less can be more. Do I really want to collect stuff or can I have more meaning and a, a changing evolution of items? Welcome to Retail Gets Real, where we talk with retail's most fascinating leaders about the industry that impacts everyone, everywhere, every day. We're talking today about luxury retailing with Oliver Chen, Managing Director of Retail and Luxury at Cowan. We'll talk to Oliver about the challenges and the opportunities coming out of the pandemic and how luxury retailers are catering to consumers' changing values and shopping patterns. Oliver Chen, welcome to Retail Gets Real. Thanks, Bill. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. It's always a pleasure to have you. Last time I saw you was the uh, honors, the NRF Honors uh, Gala in, I believe it was 2019. Seems like an eternity ago. How are you doing? I'm well. I mean, there's been so much change and really the priority has been to harness change, analyze change and think about what's next and how people can be their best selves. I mean, retail has gone through different cycles of revolutions. I think curbside pickup, the at-home revolution, safety, health and wellness, um, these have all accelerated in importance. Um, and some retail has left and other retail has thrived, um, but there's a ton of innovation on the horizon. And one of the things we've talked to a lot of retail leaders over the last 19 months, and what has really impressed me is how they have embraced the process of change. And to describe that would be normally you have an idea, the idea gets vetted and a lot of meetings about it. You sit down and then you develop a program by which you test it and then you test it and then you refine it and then you roll it out in a few stores and then more stores and then you take it back and you look at it and you change it. And then finally, after you know, a year more, uh, you actually put it out there. During the pandemic, somebody had an idea, they sat down, they figured it out and they implemented it two weeks later or two months later. They didn't wait because they knew it had to be done whether it was curbside pickup, whether it was any number of the innovations that came out of the pandemic. And the one thing that I always ask is, is this the future? What do you think? Well, Bill, the future is a radically transformed store. Um, the future is also really deep considerations about safety and speed and contactless. Um, curbside pickup is a great example because it really was accelerated tremendously. It was a work in progress that reached um, epic importance. Uh, the other thing that's been happening is instant deliveries. So we've really moved to this world of instant and speed. Uh, speed matters. And then the role of the store has fundamentally shifted because the store as a distribution point, mm -hmm. the store as a point for immediate um, realization of, of getting your goods, um, those are all factors. So organizations have had to embrace and execute to this overnight. Um, and the other thing that's happened, which is quite major, is the supply chain. So there's plenty of near-term supply chain pain, but there's long-term um, ramifications for the complete transformation of a connected supply chain as we create um, really new ways for the consumer to shop, 
And the consumer wants goods in many different ways today and has experienced that as well throughout the pandemic. You know, you are right. There is a huge issue right now. And it is, I think that I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal this from you. I'm going to start referring to it just as you said it. Supply chain pain. There's a lot of that going on right now. And there was certainly a lot of it going on during the pandemic. But, you know, in the, in the luxury segment of retail, how are they doing? Yeah, luxury has been relatively well positioned, but we've had a creative renaissance. So one of the themes for luxury in, in the 2020s really is self-expression. and. What's happening right now with the consumer is consumers are really looking for ways to connect and express themselves um, through fashion, through clothes, through accessories. As you're able to go out again, as you're able to uh, begin aspects of travel, um, you want to look different and good. And it's the biggest restock in in our history in terms of back to school, back to work, back to to life. Um, So we're seeing a lot of optimistic uh, viewpoints there. Um, There's been a a tough situation with availability of supply. It has affected apparel, um, less so luxury, uh, more mainstream apparel. And then it also has affected accessories and shoes. And it's really affected home home goods too. That's something we're watching. Um, But the luxury market has many exciting accesses from digitization of luxury to the fashion we're seeing, the silhouette changes. Uh, gender fluidity, body positivity, inclusiveness, it's all happening. You know, it, it is interesting when you talk about, again, it goes back to supply chain pain. Um, in the, it doesn't matter where you are in retail, you're going to be impacted by it. You're going to the stores today, a number of the um, department stores, you know, have empty shelves. Uh, it's, it's very weird to see, especially right now. Um, but is that was that something that we could have anticipated, should have anticipated? Is it just speaking to a system that's broken? I mean, how do you view that? Well, Bill, there's a few lenses to think about the supply chain. Um, for starters, more than ever before, we we need a connected experience for consumers across mobile, digital, and physical. Um, that's a longer term opportunity to make sure you optimize your store network to be suitable and fast. Secondly, it was very unpredictable in a way because we've had real, really a lot of issues across the supply chain, factory shutdowns in Southeast Asia and India due to uh, COVID, as well as port congestion and labor cost inflation and labor availability. I do think a lot of those will be temporary, hopefully. So we should look forward to a brighter future there. The third point is the economy has been relatively strong. So the consumer has been robust. So there's a lot of demand. Um, We have low unemployment and a a moderately high savings rate, um, which has fueled strong demand relative to supply. So those have all been factors. But, you know, supply chain is at the heart of retail. You know, the the basics are supply meets demand. So we'll, we'll see. But all these changes will will take place in, in the near and long term. Yeah, it, it is amazing. We have uh, fielded more calls in the last, I would say, four or five weeks from media about the supply chain, about the backlogs, about concerns about Christmas and you know availability of certain products and goods. It, it, it has definitely caught the attention of 
both the business media and the mainstream media as a real problem. Yeah. And Bill, it's been quite specific to each company. So companies really had to make decisions around rent, around chartering their own boats, like right. early in. And, you know, some did and some didn't. And so it, it's not the same for every retailer, depending on, you know, risky decisions you made in the heart of the crisis. Right. Demand has been uncertain and some of the strength we've had was unforecasted. So that those are points to be considered. You know, a year ago, you told NRF that accelerating digital capabilities would be a key for luxury retailers. How far has the industry come in that respect? Yeah, we're seeing a continuation of rapid transformation. So the online penetration, you know, is up to 20% versus pre-pandemic in the low double digit, and it's well on its way to 30 plus. Um, and that's fueled by real digitization of luxury and shopping online. The industry, the luxury industry continues to be a, I would say, a work in progress. Um, we've seen really great momentum at platforms like My Teresa and Farfetch, um, and also innovation in brands. Brands have a, a much more open appetite for working with direct uh, directly with consumers from a luxury perspective, but also through players like Farfetch and Mike Teresa. The, the big name of the game almost continues to be what Walmart offers you, which is extreme convenience. And ideas like curbside pickup and, and rethinking retail uh, from a luxury experience in terms of how can uh, delivery and other factors, how can they save the consumer time? Luxury also has a lot to do with magic. I always think about magic and logic. So the magic of luxury has to do with storytelling, um, the new kinds of stories consumers want to hear and interact with online, whether that be on TikTok or gamification and video games and apps and food and beverage. Um, and the logic, the logic is saving people time. But don't forget the store. I mean, the, in luxury goods... Stores and headquarters in many ways are, are churches to the brand. And um, people more than ever before are looking for physical experiences that are quite meaningful. And one of the key objectives in luxury when, the, when you're in a store is actually to make you forget about price. So the world's also looking for wonderment. Um, and that's a key opportunity for luxury too. Speaking of key opportunities, what are some of the challenges for luxury right now as we head into the holiday season? We know supply chain, obviously, but what, what else? I think perfecting build a connected consumer experience. So if you start your journey on mobile, um, how does that link to your visit to the store and how much can or should your sales associate know about you? Also, Bill, as you know, I mean, we live in a world where everything's available to everybody at all times. So how do you curate that and how do you drive meaningful, non-creepy, interesting personalization? And then this idea of luxury has many things people are rethinking, um, health and wellness intersecting with luxury and the challenge of both mental and physical health and a step change in how people prioritize taking care of themselves and their family. Um, that's a big aspect. The other question for luxury is what is exclusivity? What is exclusivity in a world where availability can be quite digital and accessed and brands like Supreme and Kith and this idea of e-commerce? And then what about 
not even consuming anything and just renting. Is that a luxurious experience? And it's it, it can be much better for the environment not to produce new objects. So all these are um, questions and answers uh, for a new generation of customers, which will only be more important in my view. You know, interesting, you raised re-commerce. Um, how do you see that right now in today's world impacting uh, the luxury segment? Uh, we're quite excited about the growth rates there. At Cowan, we model above 20%, that industry growing and really taking share from full price and new uh, goods. Um, but business models like Poshmark, The Real Real, um, which A, create new communities, B, um, they're rethinking supply relative to demand, and C, there's a lot of liquidity in people's closets. So liquidity means you know you have a purse or clothing that you don't use that can be used by somebody else. So technology is enabling this. It offers a strong value uh, to the customer on the other side. And in many cases, not producing another item is better for the carbon footprint. I think we're entering um, a phase where I think about the uberfication of retail, whereas we rethinking retail as a service and how can material objects work for me and how can I approach um, life more flexibly as well? And less can be more. Like, do I really want to collect stuff or um, can I have more meaning in a, a changing evolution of items that is like less stuff than previously? So all of these are themes and I'm excited for technology accelerating this and also for a new generation of shoppers. You know, we I teach a class at Warden and it's, a lot about what I call STAR at Cowan. It's sustainability, transparency, authenticity, and re-commerce. STAR is an acronym you know, for those factors, sustainability, transparency, authenticity, and re-commerce. And all these aspects are, are working together as consumers look for um, blending you know, purpose and profits and thinking about the impact that consuming objects makes on the world at large. So you teach a course at Wharton and they learn from you. I have a feeling at the same time you learn from them. What are you learning? We are really learning about the importance of inclusivity, this idea um, of different forms of beauty and um, different approaches to expressing yourself, the importance of having leadership in organizations that reflects the customer. Also, what does it mean to be customer-centric, like instant commerce, TikTok, short-form videos, live streaming? And then transparency, a, a strong emphasis on ingredients, the supply chain, labor practices, um, and then rethinking many customer experiences, You know, whether that be vision care, oral care, different aspects of health care. A new generation just really demands less friction and a changing notion of what customer centricity means. Also, there's going to be challenges like privacy. How much can or should you trust a retailer? And, and what is a retailer? And should retail take a view on values and purpose? Like, should a retailer care and speak about a carbon footprint? How should a retailer think about racial injustice in the context of their strategies? So, I, these are all big issues that you know leadership at all levels uh, needs to embrace 
Yeah, they're huge issues and they're and they're incredibly complicated. I don't know that there is an answer that would, you know, present itself as a one size fits all that, you know, you just because they do it, you should do it. But I think every company, every brand needs to be very thoughtful about, as you said, you know, recognizing, reflecting their customer. Um, but at the same time, recognizing and understanding that they have a leadership role to play in the communities that they serve. And so it's it's tough. And we've seen that play out a lot over the last year. You can't avoid it anymore. And, you know, speaking of that, I mean, you, you talk to a lot of folks, a lot of the leaders in this industry. What would you say was one of your favorite conversations that you've had and the impression that it made on you? Yeah, Mark Metric and I talk a lot about the future of luxury and inclusivity and streetification, versatility, the digital aspects of luxury. So it, it's quite salient and meaningful, you know, how how the business is rapidly moving and also how how to be customer centric in a, a new world of of fashion. I spend a lot of time with John Lert at Alert, and um, he's playing a big role in robotics and retail. And um, the automation part of the supply chain. I mean, the future vision for the store is a store that is very automated for items that are less interesting to shop for than call it produce or other items where you actually want to check out the orange or fruit or see the cooking in action. But there's a lot of items in the center of the store, which may be fully automated as a matter of time. And really enabling a lot of what we're talking about, Bill, has a lot to do with um, robotics and rethinking labor in the store. Beauty is a quite an interesting industry. Um, John Mello from Amaris and Mary Dillon from Ulta. Um, beauty has so many interesting structural trends happening where you're trying to take care of, of your face, you're taking care of your hair, you're taking care of your body. And then beauty intersects so interestingly with TikTok and YouTube and can be highly engaging. It's a very diverse a customer who cares about beauty and it traverses a lot. Um, we're seeing some really powerful trends in beauty, such as transparency and ingredients and clean ingredients. And there are parallels here to food and other topics too. Tell me just last thing, Oliver, what's the one thing that's most intriguing to you right now about the retail industry? Gamification. So what happens with the intersection of video games and retail? And what does that mean for consumer engagement. I also think a lot about NFTs and blockchain and authentication. How will retail and luxury goods think about digital assets and digital exclusivity and digital commerce? We're paying a lot of attention to live streaming as well as a modality that's uh, very important. And then health and wellness. I also think a lot about um, inequality and what role retail can play. As, as that being a societal consideration. And it's really hard not to think about privacy, particularly with changes that you know, Apple is making and consumers understanding the implication of less privacy and retelling need, needing to earn the trust and be responsible about privacy as well. Oliver, that's awesome. And thank you so much for those insights. It's it's great to hear because you do. I mean, you, you've got your finger on the pulse of what's really going on, not just in luxury, but in retail in general. Uh, I love the fact that you are also a teacher and that you have the opportunity not only to share those insights with your students, but to hear what your students have to say as well, because they are 
uh, the future of retail. And we are almost out of time. And I know that you know what's coming next because you've done it before. So uh, it's a segment that we call Rapid Fire. One of our favorite segments on Retail Gets Real is Rapid Fire. Thanks to our sponsor, PwC. Are you ready? Ready. What is the favorite item that you've bought online recently? A Saint Laurent backpack. Saint Laurent backpack. I bet you that's a really nice backpack. <laughs> what is the best thing watched or listened to lately? Well, Squid Games, but it's very stressful. Okay, you're the second one. That's okay. That, I've heard that twice today. Yeah, it's intriguing. It's it's global. It also speaks to societal changes, and there's gamification involved here too. What do you do to unwind, Oliver? Well, I do like the Peloton, and I do like Barry's Bootcamp, and I do like looking at TikTok, like for hours sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think about art. I like interior design. Um, I love stores, so I'm always trying to look for um, the most exciting you know, physical representations of brands. I grew up in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and it was the yeah. first super center Walmart. So that played a big role in my life too. So I, I love grocery shopping too. Oliver, where does someone go online to learn more about the work that you're doing? I think that um, Cowan's website's a, a good resource as well, thinking about what equity research is. You know, in terms of industry publications, Women's Wear Daily and Business of Fashion. Um, And then I would encourage anyone interested in investment research in retail to get a great foundation in accounting, accounting and thinking about uh, financial statement analysis. I think that's an important foundation for, for any career in business and retail at large. The other thing I recommend is, you know, artificial intelligence is going to play a big role in the future of retail and the consumer. So make sure you read uh, about that as much as possible. And, you know, the biggest, most important skill set is also just digital spending and how you think about digital execution. So those are some key pointers. But the other thing I'd say is for my particular discipline on Wall Street as a stock analyst, the CFA is a, a very good curriculum. So those are different ways to approach it. Oliver. Chen, thank you so very much. It's always a great pleasure to spend time with you, to talk with you, and to learn your insights um, about our industry. Thank you so much. Bill, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Retail Gets Real. You can find more information about today's discussion and more at retailgetsreal.com. And please send your feedback and episode ideas to podcast at NRF. As we say during this time of pandemic, please stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again.